Thank you so much for joining us today and listening to a PCF podcast. We believe listening to the Word of God will change your life. God bless you as you continue listening to this podcast. This week has been quite traumatic for Pastor Claire. She's had quite a, a, a week. Um, the other night, she got into bed and she looked up and there was a spider on the roof. <laughs> no, 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 you don't understand. Not just any old spider. This was a black widow spider. Now, I come from South Africa, and black widows are notorious. You have the little red dot. If they bite you, you're dead. You're going to land up in hospital and must probably die. That's how serious this is. So guess what she does? Wayne, Wayne, Wayne. And she starts nudging me. I've got to do something. So listen, I've done this before. I know spiders. Uh, I come from South Africa. Right, get the broom. That's the first weapon that you have is your broom. What you've got to do is rattle them and get them to drop down. When they get down, then you crush them with a broom. You take a cloth in the other hand. You wipe up the mess. You've got to to be quick because these things can go for you. They will run straight for you to attack your feet and bite you or something like that. So we are talking some major warfare going on here in our house. And she says, Wayne, you've got to go and sort this thing out while she's cuddled under the duvet trying to protect herself. I look up at this thing, and it's you versus me, mate. And I'm not going anywhere, you know. So I'm ready there, got the broom, got my cloth. I'm ready to take this thing on. Now I look up there, and you know what? I think I need to get a little closer, a little higher. I need to come up a little higher. So I, I go and get Claire's makeup dressing up stool that she uses, that she sits at her dressing table, and I climb up. You better zoom right out, because I'm coming up here. And he, I get up there, and I look at the ceiling, promptly to find it's not a spider. Do you know where you nail in the ceiling boards? They plastered over, and the little piece of plaster had fallen out. It was a little hole. It wasn't a spider. You see, what happened, when I came up higher, it changed my perspective. I came back down and said, Claire, I solved the problem. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Sometimes when we're down here, something looks so terrifying and deadly. But you need to climb up a little higher and you change your perspective. And you say, oh, it's only that. It reminds me. Jesus, the Bible says in Hebrews 4, Jesus, our high priest, passed through the heavens, plural, multiple heavens. Have you ever heard that there's more than one heaven? Apostle Paul says, I know a man, he was probably talking about himself, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 2, who went to the third heaven. If there's three heavens, that means there must be a second heaven and a first heaven. So I started looking into this. The word heaven in the Greek is the word oranos. It is used 284 times. It, it only says heaven. It doesn't distinguish between the different heavens. In the Hebrew, the word is shamayin, which is used 420 times and also just says heaven. It doesn't, doesn't differentiate between them. So where do we get these different heavens from? So we need to look at the scripture and see the context in which the word heaven was used. So I want to give you a couple. A first heaven, it is definitely a first heaven. There is one. The Bible talks about it. It's also called the air that we breathe. Genesis chapter 6, we see it there. Uh, the birds of heaven, even Jesus mentioned it in Matthew chapter 6. He says, I will feed the birds of the air, the birds of heaven. 
James also says this as well when he says, Elijah prayed and God sent rain from heaven. This is our atmospheric air that we breathe where you are right in right now. This is where you live. There you can see my farm. Okay, I don't have a farm, but there's a farm. Okay, so it's the land, it's the place where we live, the first heaven. But we have a second heaven that the Lord talks about. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 19, lift up your eyes to the sun, to the heavens, to the moon and the stars. Deuteronomy chapter 10, listen to the words here. The heavens and the highest heavens belong to the Lord. Not just heaven, but the highest heaven belongs to the Lord. Psalm 148 verse 4 says, praise him, you heavens, and the waters above the heavens. Anyone Seeing it's using multiple levels of heaven. Then the third heaven that we get is the dwelling place of Almighty God. Now you immediately say to me, hang on, Wayne, God is omnipresent and you're totally correct. He's all over the place. In fact, 1 Kings chapter 27 says, behold, the heavens and the heavens of heavens can't contain you. He's all over the place. He's omnipresent. He's down here. His presence is right here in the room right now as we speak. But this Bible also talks about a dwelling place of where God's throne resides, the place of authority. Hebrews chapter 9, Jesus entered into heaven and appeared before God for us. Hebrews chapter 8, Jesus sat down on the throne at the right-hand side of the Father. Acts chapter 7, verse 55, Stephen has been stoned to death. He looks up, he sees Jesus standing in the third heaven. There's clearly heaven number one, number two, and number three. Revelations chapter 7 verse 11 says, There are angels worshipping around the throne in heaven. There is a physical atmosphere. There is the orbit space that we have. And there's the heavenlies or heaven itself. The apostle Paul, he knew that Wayne would get very confused by all these different heavens. So he tried to simplify it for me. And in the book of Ephesians, he used five times the words heavenly realms. Instead of saying heavens, he used realms. And he coined these two realms for us. He said, there is the heavenly realm. This is where God dwells. This is where the supernatural happens. This is where we are to set our eyes. This is the kingdom of light. But down at the bottom, he talks about a fleshly realm, an earthly realm, a physical realm, a sensual realm. This is the realm in which you live. The kingdom of darkness is also present in this realm. Now the question I've got for us is, who lives in what realm? What powers does each realm have? What authority do they have? And can these different powers and authorities that are existing in these realms, can they impact on me? Can they manipulate me? Can they interact with me and my family in my life? I want to tell you and go through this a little bit in a bit of structure for you. I want to tell you, first of all, God created everything. It says, for by him all things were created that are in heaven, the heavenly realm, and on earth, in the earthly realm, both visible and invisible. Just because you can't see it does not mean it's not real. Whether thrones, dominions, principalities, or powers, all things, I repeat, all things were created for him. Did God create the devil? Yes, he did. got quiet in here. Let me just tell you just in a couple of words, facts about the devil. He's called in the Bible the evil one, the adversary, the opponent, Lucifer, uh, the prince of the air. He was an angel. He was the guardian cherub in heaven. uh, Ezekiel 18 says that he was the model of perfection, wisdom, perfect in beauty. 
In fact, Ezekiel actually says part of his body makeup, the word trembles and pipes, it looks like he was a musical instrument. He might have, we don't know if it doesn't say it in the Bible, but he might have even been involved with the worship. But Satan or Lucifer, the son of the morning, they sinned. Pride entered into his heart. He wanted to be like the most high God. He wanted worship for himself. And God can't tolerate that, and so God had to kick him out. He has a fight with the angels. The archangel uh, Michael and the angels fight with Lucifer and cast him out of heaven. We are told this explicitly in Revelations chapter 12, verse 4 and verse 7. Jesus himself confirms that Lucifer was kicked out of heaven in Luke chapter 10, verse 19. says, I saw Satan fall like lightning, and that's written in red. Jesus is speaking. He was cast out of the heavenly realm down to this secondary realm here that we live in. Jesus again in John chapter 12, verse 31 says, He is the ruler of this earthly realm, which you see, and he has been cast out. He no longer has any access to heaven. He's limited to these bottom realms where we live. The Bible says that God is holy in Isaiah 6, 3, and he will not even look or dwell with evil in Habakkuk 1, 13. So there's no way that God is going to allow Lucifer back into the presence of Almighty God. Now, I know what you're all thinking. I thought, you're, I thought about your thoughts. You're going to quote to me Job. I knew you were going to say that. Go and read it again. It doesn't say that he was in heaven. I have read it over and over and over. It says he was in God's presence. And God is omnipresent. He was saying right down on this earth, look at Job. He was down here. God is all over the place. It doesn't say he was at his throne. There's only one time that God is going to allow that evil into his presence. If, that's, if God demands and says, come up here. And there is another time that God is going to call it people up. In 2 Corinthians says, All mankind, whether just, righteous, or unjust, will appear before the throne of God once and for all. And if Almighty God says Satan can come up, then yes. But generally speaking, no, he's not got access to God's presence because it is holy. What powers and authorities does the devil have to him? The Bible says in John 12, he is the ruler of the world and has been cast out. The ruler of the world. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 says, Satan is called the prince of the air. I had a look at this. The prince of the air. The concordance air literally means the atmospheric air that we breathe of this first heaven. And in fact, the concordance said it is not the rarer, thinner air up top. It's the bottom. He has been cast down. 2 Corinthians 4 4 says he's the god of this age or the god of this world. So if he's the God of this world and he's operating this bottom realm here that we're living in, what powers, what authority does he have to him? Paul tells us and gives us clear indication of what the devil can and can't do. In Col- oh man, I've got a whole lot of Colossians 1, 2, Ephesians 1, 2, and 3, and 6. Over and over he uses these words. And you'll see these different words here. Far above principalities, powers, might, and dominions. He uses those same words again in Ephesians 6, principalities, powers, rulers, spiritual hosts. Colossians, again, thrones, dominions, principalities, and powers. Some theologians surmise that from these verses that the hierarchy of the devil, the angels, are categorized into different levels of authority. You've got boss angels, and then you've got lower-ranking angels, and you've got little skivvy ones that do all the dirty work. 
The Bible doesn't explicitly say that. There's no verse in the Bible that actually defines it. However, we can read from these verses that Paul kept on saying there are different levels that that is most probably the case. Remember, he was in heaven. In heaven, there were guardian angels. There were seraphims. There were archangels. There were cherubims. One third of the angels gets kicked out of heaven with Satan. Therefore, it stands to reason that there could be different levels of angels. So it is probable although I don't have exclusive scripture to one verse that says it is so. So we have to read between the lines here. Can I just tell you, the apostle Paul used these words specifically. He was speaking and he used the Greek language and he used very specific words. The word principality that you see on the screen there is the word in Greek called archi. Yeah, archi. That's the way I'm pronouncing it, okay? You can pronounce it your way. Okay, archi. And this refers to the highest level of rulership that is... For kings and politicians, but it can also include demonic realms. So principality is like our king, that level, or the prime minister of a country, that type of level. And when he was writing these words, it applied to both in the Greek to physical as well as supernatural realms. The second word power is the word eskousia, which is delegated power. Somebody that gets power and authority given to them because of a vote, because they were put in charge, like our politicians, like our, uh, our mayors that we have, like school leaders, like police officers. They are just people, but they were given delegated authority by a vote because of their position. Paul is saying that the next level powers can also include in the demonic realm as well. Might, the word might that you see upon this thing there, is the word that you know very well in the Greek called dunamis, from which we get dynamite. In the Greek language, it actually refers to the power of a military army. By using that word, Paul is saying to us that the enemy has got power available to him, similar to in this world, like a a warfare, where they have got weapons that they could use to wage war. The last word is dominion, and it's probably the most important one. The word is kuretos, lordship over a system. It implies in the Greek any financial system, any economic system, any political system, any religious or even a cultural system. He is the God of this world. He has got dominion over our cultural system, our religious system and political system. Satan has major influence on the ideas, the opinions, the goals, the hopes, the views of the majority of the people that live in the world today. He influence, his influence encompasses philosophies, education, and commerce. He can impact on our thoughts and speculations, and all the religions of the world are based on his lies and deceptions. And Paul, Apostle Paul, clearly in Ephesians 2, 2 says, Satan works this in the sons of disobedience. It actually says a little later, he actually deceives nations. He does have power down here. He can possess people, and he can oppress people. He can manipulate, interject thoughts, twist imaginations, and play with people's emotions. Have you ever walked into a room and said, Oi, I could cut the atmosphere with a knife. You have just walked into a broadcast that the devil is because he's used or manipulated somebody. Have you ever got out of the wrong side of the bed? There is no wrong side of the bed. What's happening is you're encountering a lie of the devil that you need to confront. What weapons does the devil have at his disposal? First of all, the Bible says he's the accuser of the brethren. But not in heaven, 
down here. Because Ephesians, Colossians 2.13 says, Jesus died on the cross and he has no access. He's no accusation against us anymore. And the devil knows that. So he's accusing you. He's down here accusing you. And you, trying to get you into guilt. He's lying to you. You have been set free by the blood of Jesus. He is called the tempter. Remember how he came to try and challenge Jesus to get him to do what? If you will worship me, I will give you the authority that has been given to me. God in his wisdom, and I don't know why. Don't ask me the question. Why did God allow the devil and didn't eliminate him? I don't know. I guess what? I'll ask him when I get there. In fact, you ask him when you get there. He's a tempter. He wants you to fall back into sin, into your old habits that you had. The Bible says he's a deceiver. In Genesis 3, he deceived Adam and Eve. In Revelations 20, it says John saw him and he's called the deceiver of the nations. Paul says he, blind, he can blind people's eyes so that they can't see. You, this is so evident in our world in which we live. How can politicians and people pass laws that promote and allow murder of unborn children? How can they pass laws that allow people to go and change their sexuality and their, their gender? And we are blinded, and the people say, oh, well done, you guys, you're so progressive, and everything. We are blinded. He is the father of lies. And we've got to be careful what we read. Sometimes we're in this realm, and we read things. I'm asking you, come up higher. Stop looking at that face value. There is a truth behind there, and you facing the lie. Could we come up a little higher? Sorry if it's a bit heavy, but I want to change Tic Tacs now. Let me get rid of this chair. My goodness, I want to tell you a little bit about Jesus. He's seated in heaven. He was and had all authority because everything was created by him. John 1, 1 says anything that was, that was made, was made by him. He comes down to earth and he still has all authority. Matthew, Matthew, Colossians, John, they all say the Father has given him all authority. Jesus has all authority over the realms. When Jesus dies, the second punishment is executed on Satan. First punishment Satan had was kicked out of heaven. The second one, he was stripped of authority over the believer. He, Jesus goes down into Hades. Hades, according to Luke chapter 16, is divided up into two parts. You've got the saints on the one side in paradise, and you've got the, the people in torment on the other, separated by a gulf in Luke 16. Jesus goes and preaches to the imprisoned people that were waiting in hope. In fact, Zechariah chapter 9, verse 10 and 11 says, Because of the blood covenant, I will set the prisoners of, free, uh, the prisoners of hope free from the waterless pit to a place of safety. God, Jesus, relocates paradise up to heaven to be with him. So if we had to die instantly, we are in the presence of the Lord. Jesus, because of his blood on the cross, conquers sin and conquers death. Then the Bible says he led the enemy out in a triumphant parade, a ticket tape parade. 
Now let me tell you about how those parades used to happen in Bible days. When a king used to go and fight another enemy and win and conquer them, he would take all the spoils, all the people that were supporting him, and they'd come in a victory parade. And they'd be singing, dancing, yeah, this king's amazing. He set us free from the bad king. You would have then the king come back in his triumphant robes, with his, maybe on a chariot and his horses. And behind, right at the back, they would get the enemy king and all the warriors and all the baddies from the other nation. And they would be shackled. They would be tied up by their hands in chains. And most probably in that day naked to humiliate them and embarrass them as much as possible. And they would be paraded through the streets, most probably to the center town court, where they were most probably either jailed or executed. The Bible says Jesus led a parade and paraded and embarrassed the devil and stripped him of his power. I don't believe you, Wayne. Okay. Colossians chapter 2 verse 15, having disarmed principalities and powers. He made a spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Hebrews 2.14, through Jesus' death, he destroyed or rendered powerless him who had the power of death. That is the devil. 1 Peter 3.18 says, for Christ also suffered once and for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit, but also he went and preached to the spirits in prison who formerly were disobedient. Jesus has now gone into the heavenly realm, third heaven, and he's at the right hand of God. Angels, authorities, powers have all been made subject to him. Oh, my goodness. Jesus is Lord of all. He is immortal. He is the invisible. He is the anointed one. He is the Christ. He is the Messiah. He is the chosen one. He is the Lamb of God. He is the glory of God. He is the Word of God. He is Emmanuel. He is the Son of God. He is wonderful counselor, everlasting Father, the only wise God, the Prince of Peace and my Redeemer. He is the chief shepherd, the shepherd of the church. He is the great high priest. He's the wisdom of God. He's the power of God, and he's the God in the flesh. All power is, is his. All authority is, is his. He is the beginning, and he's the end. He's the Lord of the heavenly realm, and he's the Lord of this earthly realm. He is the King eternal. He is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. Where does that leave you and me? I live down here. Thank you, Jesus. You've got all power and authority. You live up there. Woo-hoo. Isn't that amazing? What about me? I've got to face that boss tomorrow at work. I'd love to be in heaven right now. What about me? Well, what about you? Let's tell you about you. Ephesians 1.20 says... When he worked in Christ and he raised him from the dead, he seated Jesus Christ at the right hand in heavenly places. Far above principalities and powers, might and dominions. He's above that. He's above that. Not your neighbor. He's above that. He's above that. And he put all things under his feet. He gave him head to be head over all things to the church. Doesn't the Bible say somewhere that we are the body? Hang on a minute. If he's the head, look, he hasn't been deheaded, has he? No. If he is seated up there, 
and the head is up there, and we're his body, then all things are under our feet. Paul confirms this. A couple of chapter two later, uh, well, about five or six verses later. But God, so rich in mercy, he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Jesus Christ from the dead. It's only by God's grace that you have been saved. <laughs> Read that. Oh, man, I don't know if you can handle that so early in the morning. Can you handle this? He raised who up? He raised who up? No, I can't hear you. He raised who up? I said, who did he raise up? Somebody say me. He raised you up from the dead along with Christ and seated who? Where are you? In heavenly realms because we are united with Jesus Christ. God saved you by His grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift of God. Colossians says, And being found in the appearance of a man, Jesus humbled Himself, becoming obedient to death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God exalted Him to the highest place and gave Him the name above every other name. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. In heaven, on earth, and even under the earth, and every tongue shall confess and know that Jesus is the Lord, the glory of God the Father. <laughs> we have been placed up there with Him. His authority has been given to us. I'm asking you, church, come up higher. Come up higher. While you're down here and you start to con with the devil, you're going to get nailed. All that dominion, all the culture, all the laws are his. And just if you haven't checked, you're subject to those laws. You pay taxes just like everyone else does. But when I came up higher, I saw that spider wasn't really any power to it. If you will come up higher, he has no power on you. <laughs> I found this verse this morning. It's been burning in my scripture, in my spirit here. Do you know that? Second Thessalonians 2 8 says, Jesus can deal with the devil and just blows on him. And he goes tumbling into hell. That is how weak and puny his authority is compared to Jesus. Jesus doesn't even have to lift his sword anymore. Hey, I have the spirit, the pneuma, the breath. Of Jesus Christ living inside of me. Devil, get out in the name of Jesus. Can I ask the worship team to come and join me, please? While they're coming up, I don't want you to lose attention. They're all pretty and they're lovely. I know. Just watch me, please. I've got some verses. I'm not putting them up on the screen. I want you to receive a spiritual transfer this morning. Luke chapter 10 and verse 19 says this. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will hurt you. Nothing will hurt you. Jesus says, I pray that you, are, and I'm praying to the Father for us, and he says, I pray that you do not take them out of this world. No, we're supposed to stay here in this world but that you protect them from the evil one. We have his protection. Did you know that Psalm 91 says that angels encamp around you? 
Did you know that Psalm 34, 7 says the angel of the Lord encamps around us? Did you know Hebrews 1:14 says that angels are ministering spirits sent to minister to us to keep us safe? Did you know that Matthew 18, 10 says every single child has guardian angels and they're permanently before the throne of God for them? Don't you mess with a little child. They have their own guardian angels just dedicated to them. Nothing is going to harm us. Romans 16, 20, you feel free to play whenever you're ready. God, the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. He's going to crush him under your feet. 1 Corinthians 15, 57, but thanks be to God who has given us the victory through Jesus Christ. Where will God crush Satan? Under our feet. Where do you have to be if he's under your feet? You have to be up there. You have to come up higher. As long as you're going to contend with the devil down here, you're going to lose. Come up higher. And all of a sudden, the victory is made available to you. 1 John 4, 4 says, But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory. Already won the victory. Already won the victory. Because the spirit who is in you is greater than he that is where? In the world. I have the spirit of God. No demon can mess with me. Not even Satan. Oh, it's only you, Satan. Get out of here. James says, resist the devil and he will flee. Not might flee. Will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near. Will you come up? Will you pray with me? I put the words on the screen. Pray out loud with me. One, two, three. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. On earth as it is where? Wait, 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 wait. Come up higher. Come up higher. On earth, go get what's in heaven and bring it down here. I want to ask you, is there sickness in heaven? So I declare health in my body, in my situation right now. Devil, get out. I want to ask you, is there conflict in heaven? So I bring down peace and I let peace reign in my life down here. I want to ask you, is there torment in heaven? No, so I bring down the spirit of love and spirit of power right down here. I want to ask you, is there anxiety, depression, is there mental health problems in heaven? No, so I have the mind of Christ down here. Will you come up higher and see things from God's perspective? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Our Father, your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Oh, won't you stand with me? Stand right now. You just say, devil, get out. There's a spirit of infirmity in your life, in your family. You say, get out in the name of Jesus. And he will flee from you. Maybe there's a spirit of suicide that has been plaguing you in your mind. You just have to say, get out, devil. I'm not tolerating. I see you. I identify you. I know what you're trying. And greater is he that is in me than thee in the world. And I refuse to succumb to a spirit of suicide. Get out in the name of Jesus. Our Father, our Father, our Father, our Father. Oh, our Father in heaven. Our Father in heaven. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Oh, 